I'm going to be sharing with you this morning from Proverbs chapter 1, particularly in verse 3, where we're told to receive the instruction of wisdom, comma, justice, comma, judgment, comma, and equity. Receiving. Everyone say receiving. So it's important that we receive this. But before we get into that, I want to draw your attention to Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. And it's a snapshot of God's plan for humanity, God's will for his kingdom to operate here on the earth and what the outcome of that is. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 3, he's speaking to Abram, our covenant, his covenant partner that he entered into covenant with. Abram's name was later changed to Abraham, and through Abraham, through his seed, we have Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, being the seed of Abraham. Galatians tells us that if we are in Christ, we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise of Abraham. So the uh, big picture, in verse 3, he's telling Abram, Abram that this is going to be the end result. This is what I'm going to do on the earth. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, Abram, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Everyone say that all the families on the earth shall be blessed. Now, are we seeing that? Are we seeing all the families on all the earth blessed? But that's what God said is going to happen. In Revelation chapter 5, we have the end result. Revelation 5, beginning at verse 9, says, They sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations, and you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. That's how it's all going to end. Redeemed us to God by the blood of Jesus out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations. And he made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So that's how it's going to end. So we know the beginning, and we know the end. Jesus made the comment in Matthew 16. He told Peter, he said, uh, on this rock or on this revelation of knowing who I am, I'm going to build the church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Amen. So Jesus said, I'm going to build the church. God spoke to Abram, said, in you, Abram, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. We saw the end result in Revelation 5. We're not there yet. That's after it all ends. And we go on to the next dispensation. And Jesus said the church will prevail. The gates of hell would not prevail against it. So sometimes I, I spend a lot of time meditating on the big picture, just trying to picture what God said in the beginning, how it all ended, and where we are right now. And I take great comfort in the fact that Jesus said that the, uh, the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. That means the church wins. The church wins. 
Sometimes I look at it uh, using a, a sport analogy. Sometimes I feel like we're in the football game. We're in the fourth quarter. It doesn't look like we're winning. And we're quickly approaching the two-minute warning. And we have a lot of ground to cover. But all the bookies said and predicted that we're going to win. Jesus said, we win. And I believe that. But we are approaching, I believe, the two-minute warning in God's timeline. And I believe it's time to engage in the two-minute offense and become passionate and speed things up and take things serious because if we indeed are going to win, we're approaching the two-minute warning, we have a lot of yardage to make up. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to pull this off. It's going to be the greatest comeback victory you've ever seen. Amen? Amen. So now, what do we do in the meantime? What, what type of offense do we engage in? I think it'd be wise for the church, particularly Grace Church, but, you know, the church in general. Feels kind of odd speaking to the church universal, but here I am. In Proverbs 1 and 3, we are to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. This, to me, is a picture of what Jesus' prayer in Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, when he, made these, when he stated, stated it like this. He said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's Jesus' prayer. And it's a model prayer that we've modeled it for forever, ever since the church exists. And I believe that this is speaking of the wisdom and that the wisdom of God and that God's wisdom, when we're speaking of wisdom and receiving the instruction of wisdom, that it is a biblical term. When I'm speaking of wisdom and justice, judgment and equity, I believe they're biblical terms for this on earth as it is in heaven, everyday living. This is how it's to be fleshed out. And we are to receive the instruction of wisdom. Receive the instruction of justice. Receive the instruction of judgment and of equity. So when you're uh, instructed to receive something, you might be thinking, where, where do I receive this? Who do I receive it from? Or where, where, where am I getting this from? Well, first of all, God's word is our primary source. God's word is our primary source. Then we have the Holy Spirit of God. It's a very reliable source for learning and for receiving instructions and wisdom and justice and judgment and equity. Because the Holy Spirit is always leading, guiding, and directing according to the will of God. When Jesus was on the earth and he, gave the, and he taught through parables, telling stories, he was the master teacher. And when Jesus, uh, before he ascended to be seated at the Father's right hand, he informed the disciples and also is recorded for our benefit today that I'm going to ascend to be seated at the Father's right hand. I'm going to be uh, interceding for the church. But the Holy Spirit is going to come. And he's going to be your teacher. 
He's gonna be your guide. He's gonna lead you and guide you. So receiving instruction in wisdom and justice and judgment and equity. Be sensitive, become attuned to the Holy Spirit. Learn his voice, to know his voice, his leading, his guiding. So we're receiving from the word of God. We're receiving through the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the ministry gifts that uh, Jesus has given to the church that referenced in Ephesians chapter four. And we talked about pastors, teachers, the apostles, the evangelists, you know, the fivefold ministry gifts that God has placed in the church for the equipping of the saints that we've received from, from various gifts. And then uh, one that I think gets overlooked quite a bit is uh, I, I think we've received the instruction of wisdom. I think one of the uh, very reliable sources for us and a very common sense approach to receiving wisdom and justice, the instruction of wisdom, the instruction of justice and mercy and equity is by association. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, learn from me. He said, come to me, learn from me, yoke up with me. And so as we are part of the body of Christ, we hook up with one another and we learn from one another. We spur one another on to good works. And that's what the body of Christ is all about. And, and, and connectedness within the body of Christ. That's why it's so vitally important that we're connected, that we have friendships, we have relationships, and that we have association with, uh, with people that are, that are speaking into our lives, people that are challenging us and spurring us on. It can be older people, it can be younger people. But it's of utmost important that you take the posture of being receptive to instruction to receive instruction in wisdom, in justice, in judgment, and in equity. To constantly be open and never, ever, no matter what age, how young you are, how old you are, that you don't know it all. You just don't. I don't know it all. And I'm not embarrassed to admit that. I said that one time and a family got offended and left the church. I'm serious. I tied it in with the book of Revelation and wanted to know why I don't expound on it more. And I said, I don't know much about Revelation. <laughs> and they were like, oh. I'm a pan millennialist and I believe it's all going to pan out. <laughs> I've read Revelation more than once. I've listened to different people teach on it, and I think, okay, I'm going to listen to this person. I'll listen to this person. I'll read this book, and I'll read this book over here, and I haven't found two yet that say the same thing, so I'm just thinking, all right, it's going to pan out. It really is, and it's only the first couple of chapters have to do with the here and now. The rest of it's all future. Not that it's not important, but I don't comprehend it to the degree that I comprehend the book of Ephesians or, you know, the gospel of John or different things like that, so, but I don't feel bad about that. I don't think as a pastor of a local church, I need to know everything about everything. Amen. 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 But I do need to be teachable. And I do need to have a heart that receives wisdom, the instruction of wisdom, the instruction of justice and judgment and equity. And likewise, you need to be teachable as well. 
The church isn't going to fail because Pastor Ray is not an expert on the book of Revelation. There are people that know much more about it than I do, and we can draw on what other people know. And not just Revelation, but various topics and subjects. So anyway, I'm getting off my script here, so let's get back to what the Holy Spirit has for us today. But I, I believe that when we're talking about wisdom, receiving the instruction of wisdom, then it says, you know, uh, justice, judgment, and equity. I find that very similar to uh, in, in the book of Galatians when the apostle Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit. It says, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And it goes on a list of the various fruits of the Spirit. I personally believe that the fruit of the Spirit is love, period. It's manifested in joy, in peace, in patience, and brotherly kindness. Those are all manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Amen? You following what I'm saying there? And so I believe that when, when the writer here is saying, receive the instruction of wisdom and goes and comma, justice, judgment, and equity, they stand alone, but they also are manifestations of wisdom. The wisdom of God operating in your life will always be manifested as God's justice. The wisdom of God manifested in your life will always be manifested as righteous judgment, and the wisdom of God in and your life and flowing from your life will always be equitable. It will always be equitable. So the idea here is that we want to be open and we want to receive the instruction of it. And we have to always take the posture of you are a student. You are continually learning. In Titus 3.14, tells us that we have to learn to maintain good works. So we have to continue to be in that posture of learning and being a student. Now, if you would turn to the book of uh, James for a moment. In James chapter 3, We have a really stark contrast here on two different sources of wisdom. One is referred to as heavenly wisdom versus demonic wisdom, or he also refers to it as earthly wisdom. Beginning in verse 13 of James chapter 3, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy... And self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, it is sensual, and demonic. And that's the word of the Lord. Some of you are sitting here right now thinking, Pastor Ray, can you just kind of like experiment with the book of Revelation? You know, this is kind of... <laughs> This is kind of hitting me between the eyes. I really like, you know, can we just go to something more? No, we can't. I don't know anything about that, but I do know about this. And I do know that if you have bitter envy in your heart, it's demonic wisdom. It's earthly, it's selfish, and it's self-seeking. And you must get over it. I do know that if you have self-seeking in your heart, that you're not to be boasting about and thinking that you're, that, that you're right and other people are wrong. That wisdom does not descend from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. Then in verse 16, it goes on and says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion 
and every evil thing are there. Now, I don't think you have to take much time to think about it. Okay, do I see any manifestations of this demonic wisdom in my life, or, and do I see any manifestations of this demonic or earthly wisdom in my culture? Do I see any of this earthly and demonic wisdom taking place in the world around me? And obviously the answer is yes, there's much of it taking place. There's so much confusion. There's so much self-seeking. There's so much garbage going on in our culture around us that it's, sometimes it gets very confusing and it can become very disheartening if we allow ourselves to be consumed by it and especially if we get caught up in it and we become bitter and we become envious and we get engaged, we, we start engaging in, in, in self-seeking and self-motivation and it's, it becomes all about my life rather than the kingdom of God. So we want to be focused on the kingdom. We're talking about kingdom issues, wisdom, justice, judgment, Mercy, equity, they're kingdom issues. They're kingdom issues. So always remember that. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then in verse 17 of James chapter 3, he says, but, always love the buts that are in there. Nice transition. The wisdom that is from above. Everyone say wisdom from heaven. Okay, here's what wisdom from heaven looks like. First of all, it's pure. It's pure, then it's peaceable, and it's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's without partiality, meaning no favoritism, no unfairness, no bias, no prejudice. And it is without hypocrisy. That, my friend, is a stark contrast. It's a stark contrast, but that is the wisdom that we are to receive the instruction of wisdom from heaven that's pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Spiritual commodities of God's kingdom rule on earth as it is in heaven. And all these are to be intertwined within our mission as Christ followers, as born-again Christians. It's God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven being manifested in your life, through your life, because you are a man or you are a person that's following after God. You, are, you have pureness. You have peaceableness. You have a gentleness about you. You have a willingness to yield. You have a submissive attitude. No matter what your position of authority may be, you're still kind and gentle. You're full of mercy. You're full of good fruits. You, are, you, are, you don't play any favoritism or un, there's no unfair fairness about you. There's no bias. There's no prejudice. And there's no hypocrisy about you. This is all to be intertwined in who I am and in who you are as a Christ follower. Manifestations of God's kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven. You think about Jesus' model prayer. I mean, we could camp out there forever. Not my will be done, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will being done on the earth. Heaven government manifested through your life. 
Every time you put on a display from your heart the pureness of the wisdom of God, the peaceableness and the gentleness and, and a willingness to yield, whenever you put mercy on display and you put justice and judgment and equity on display and you're, you're living your life without favoritism, without any bias or prejudice, that's kingdom, that's his kingdom being displayed here on the earth as it is in heaven. But like I started out in Genesis chapter 12, that all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And in Revelation, we see the manifestation of that. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation. Together, worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But here on the earth, we're not seeing it yet to the degree that I think we ought to be seeing it. But that's not to get mad at the world. That's not to get mad at the church. That's not to get mad at other Christians or other denominations, it's time to just settle in and say, God, I want to be a person that is open to receiving wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. I want my heart to be filled with wisdom from heaven. I want my life to be without hypocrisy. I want it to be free of any favoritism, any bias, or any prejudice. And God will meet you there. He will meet you there. It's God's comprehensive rule. It's how our lives are to be governed. When I, go, when I leave the office in the afternoons on my way home, I quite frequently I'll stop at Gold's Gym, and uh, the first 30 minutes or so I'll be on the prayer core or the treadmill, and, and uh, on the wall in front of me they have a bank of TVs, of, you know, I don't know how many there are, but there's six different channels. And, and so you have the different sports channels, and then you have Fox News, and you have MSNCB, or whatever it is, CNN. And, and I, 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 I'm intrigued by it. I, I, I can watch the one, then I can look over at the other, and they're both talking about what happened today or what's going to happen. It's like, what planet am I on? I mean, there's a, there's a divide like I don't think I've ever experienced before in my lifetime. And that's coming across from, you know, the various networks and world news. I'm not pro or con any. It's not what we're here to talk about because talking about that is not going to solve the issues that we're talking about here. We're talking about kingdom rule. We're talking about God's comprehensive rule in your heart and in your mind. We're not talking about political favoritism, political parties. Well, I'm for so-and-so. I'm against so-and-so. We're not talking about any of that. But we are going to bring it up in a sense to stir you up to mix it up a little bit. Jesus was good at mixing things up. He was good at mixing things up and say, well, Pastor Ray, why do you want to mix things up? Why do you want to stir things up a little bit? I just think it's good to stir things up a little bit, to really do a heart check and to find out, where am I really at? Is my political persuasion so important that I could offend another person, possibly hinder another person from receiving Christ as Lord and Savior? What's more important, my favorite political party or someone's eternity? I have people approach me and say, you need to say something about this. I say, what do you want me to do, isolate the other 50%? Don't they matter? Well, I think that's a problem. You're thinking. <laughs> You're to be receiving wisdom, justice, judgment, equity. You're to be merciful. Amen? Amen? To be merciful. 
one of the primary outcomes of the gospel. The primary outcome of the gospel, when you keep looking at it from a big picture perspective, God said to Abram, all the families, all the families, Revelation, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, did just say white America, didn't say black America, didn't say Hispanic America. Matter of fact, the word America is not in there. It's good to be an American. Thank God you live in a, in a country where we are blessed. But God is bigger than America. When you read the Bible, it says God so loved the whole world. 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 Does that include the world or just certain parts of the world? But he so loved the whole world that whoever, not just White, not just black, not just Hispanic, but whoever believes on him would not perish but have eternal life. So we want to come to a place where the love of God, God's love for the world has been deposited into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we want to come to a place where we are developing God's love in our hearts and have the kingdom of God issues and that uh, to, for his kingdom for his will to be done in our lives. And so turn with me to Matthew chapter 23 for a moment. Matthew 23. Jesus is making a statement here. You've probably seen this many times before, but verse 23. Matthew 23, verse 23. He says, woe to you. You know, Jesus loved to mix it up. When Jesus is talking to you and he begins with the word woe, you know you're in trouble. You know you just got caught with a bad attitude. You just got caught with a wrong judgment. You just got caught with some prejudice or you just got caught with something. And Jesus shows them this, whoa, hold on there. Wait a minute. Your focus is off. Verse 23 says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrite. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the other undone. Let me translate that for you. Jesus is challenging, calling these guys out for being so consumed with lightweight matters. Everyone say lightweight lightweight stuff, no real eternal value to it, lightweight stuff, just, you know, the, the, lightest, the lightest of the measurable things that they could measure. They're so concerned about, you know, the, the mint and the, the anise and the, and the cumin, and, and the, but when it came to weightier matters, such as uh, relational ethics, our heart attitudes, are we free of favoritism, are we bias-free, are we prejudice-free? These are the things that really matter. Are we operating in wisdom, in justice, in judgment, equity? And here it's saying justice and mercy and faith. Now, the other things are okay. Then you said you ought to do those, but don't neglect the weightier matters. The weightier matters that, that many times we as Christians, we have a tendency to neglect them because, you know, they're, they're just too complicated and they're too challenging and they become too personal. They become too emotional. And we'd rather just turn a blind eye to it, thinking, but if I ignore it, it'll go away. Or many people are thinking, well, 
I, I have no bias. I have no prejudice in me whatsoever. Here's the problem with just taking a real quick approach and saying that I'm not biased. The problem with any unconscious bias is that you don't see the plank in your own eyes. Allow Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to mix it up in your life. And before you just come out and say, well, I'm good, I'm good, I don't have a problem. Well, what's the fruit? What's the manifestation of that? What are your relationships? What are your friendships? And how, how are you really doing? How are you really getting along with people from every tongue, every tribe, every nation? Are you so pro-America that you're anti-something else? Not wrong being pro-America. I'm just putting these things out there to stimulate some thought and not just, to, you know, not, not just to, to become lukewarm and just become complacent. But you can't be so pro-something that you're anti-something else because God so loved the whole world. You're so pro about your thing and nothing else really matters. That's what Jesus is saying here. You're so focused and you're paying so meticulous attention to these little things, really have no eternal value to them, and you're forgetting the relational ethics. How are we getting along with one another? Are we loving one another? So let's stop focusing on the lightest weight issues that we are so meticulously committed to and at the cost of neglecting the instruction of wisdom and justice, and judgment, and equity. Are you ready? Are you ready to dive into it? <laughs> I, I so appreciate your overwhelming response. I, just, I can hardly contain myself. <laughs> right now, I just want to be really, really biased and judgmental, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it, because I know God loves all of us. Amen? Are you ready to mix it up? Are you ready to let God speak to you? And even if it's one of those, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Where does that attitude come from? What are you doing with that prejudiced thought? Uh, where'd that come from? To be open, to be receptive. And again, I want to emphasize, we're talking about kingdom principles. We're not talking about policy issues. In the natural, when something's not right, when we see an injustice, we see poor judgment, we see uh, inequity, we want to, we, our, our flesh immediately wants to develop a policy to right the wrong. We have enough policies to right wrongs, but they're not righting the wrongs because the heart is woefully evil. And until we get it right in our hearts, it's not going to get right anywhere else. And let's stop looking and putting undue pressure on government to fix something that government is not equipped to fix. The government is trying to fix things, and the things that they try to fix are the things that the people are crying out for. But the government is, is ill-equipped. They're not equipped at all to fix heart issues. The church is the salt and the light of the world. We have neglected the weightier matters, thinking, well, the government can take care of that. The government can take care of this, and it's the government's responsibility, and we have been focused on lightweight issues, like let's make sure everything's nice and comfortable, and let's make sure this is right and that's right. And, and again, the, we want things to be, I, I believe, excellence honors God, but we don't want to be so focused on, 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 the, on the little things 
that we neglect the weightier things. There's a world that's crying out. There's a world that needs God. And we are the solution. God's kingdom manifested on this earth is not going to come through policy changes. It's not going to come through your political party winning over another political party and say, now we got it. Now we can make some progress. Not if hearts aren't changed. Government has its place. And the church has its place. But I'm not in the government. And we are the church. So let's focus on what's my responsibility. And let's pray for those that are in government. That's our responsibility. Amen. Amen. And let's go after it. And let's really believe God that any injustice, any inequality in my heart, any racial bias in my heart, we're going to root it out. We're going to root it out. We're going to stimulate some thinking. We're going to stir up some heart checks. And it's all for the purpose of receiving. And we say receive, receive. the instruction, instruction. of wisdom, wisdom. Justice, justice, judgment, justice. and equity. Because I want to be a person, a wise person that makes just, has moral judgments, and is a person that is equitable to the glory and to the honor of God. Amen. Amen. So thank you for hearing me out this morning. Next Sunday morning, Alex is going to be ministering, bringing the message to you. And and we're going to take advantage of... I don't know if that's the right word to use, but February is Black History Month. And we're going to use that as a platform to to dive off into some other areas. And it's not just all about black and white. It's about every tongue, every tribe. But because it's Black History Month, there's a consciousness about black history. So we're going to use that as a springboard, I guess would be a good way to put it. So we love you. Thank you for hearing me out this morning. Continue to receive. Continue to ask God to speak to your heart. And you don't have to wait till next Sunday to get it right. If you know that God's speaking to you now, just get it right. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We give you honor. We give you all the glory for your amazing love. I thank you, Father God, that you decreed way back in time when you approached Abram. He said that through him, through his seed, all the nations of the earth, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And that through Abraham's seed, we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And it's through him, it's through Jesus Christ that, there, there, that there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no Gentile, there's no male nor female, but that we are all one in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Lord God. We want to continue to grow into that and have that kingdom, have your kingdom government continue to come upon us and to envelop us and, and, and just be absorbed by it, that the government of this world, this carnal thinking, this natural thinking is all dispelled as your kingdom government continues to, to take root and continues to blossom in Jesus' name. I pray that over every person here. I thank you that our hearts are open. We are receptive to instruction in Jesus' name, name above all names.